it's our duty to cover every heritage minute, even the boring ones. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Minute Women Podcast. My name is Grace. And I'm Alaya. Oh, we're back. We're back. Oh, gosh. It still feels like we're, for us, even though this is in the future and episodes have been coming out, we're still in our hiatus. So oh, yeah. it feels a little special it is to special. be in the studio. It's always special to be in the studio with Linnea, but... Yeah, it's just special to be here with you, Grace. <laughs> you said that so... It sounded it's so insincere. So <laughs> You're just so special. I mean it. I really mean it. I really mean it. I think I can't tell. <laughs> You'll never know. And we also just filmed uh, our first episode of Have You Got a Minute? So yeah, if you've hopefully got a minute, that went over well. Yes, and if you've got a minute, go listen to it right now. You should go over and check it out. Listen to the cool stuff we talked about. We talked about Thunder Bay, the podcast, and yeah. we also talked about Come From Away, the musical. And what else should be musicals in Canadian history? Yeah. Let us know what your favorite musical heritage minute is. <laughs> Please. But that's not what we're talking about today. It's not. Today we are talking about something uh, much more dry, Linnea. Okay. <laughs> you know, we have a duty on this podcast to cover all Heritage Minutes, including the boring ones that you do not remember. I'm going to take a sip of water. <laughs> I'm going to put my fun pants on. And uh, I'm ready to go. We're going to need all of your creative juices flowing to make this exciting. Today, I'm, I'm excited. We are talking about J.S. Woodsworth and the creation of the old age pension thrilling yeah thrilling stuff yeah a heritage minute that that's a really old minute is it not yes it is an old one basically it is woodsworth and another politician in a meeting with william lyle mckenzie king yeah who looks like mad eye moody from the harry potter <laughs> series you're not wrong the I... hair piece that that well i assume it's a hair piece because if Maybe. it's not then that guy just needs to just let it go just just like you know you sometimes you just gotta let it go and that dude should have shaved his head oh god it's like such straggly brown hair which i don't even know if that's what that's not what i envision william lyle mckenzie king looking like i imagine william lyle mckenzie king to look like any actor who plays winston churchill yes (laughs) or winston (laughs) churchill himself yeah but but like similar enough to winston churchill that he looks like someone who would play winston churchill yeah like yeah that's true i don't really have a definitive unless you're on a bill which i guess william lyle mckenzie king is but uh not a bill i hold oh yeah he's on a 50 (laughs) not ones that i come across very much he's not on the 20 if you're not on the if you're not on the 10 the 5 or the 20 i'm not gonna know who you are Mm. and only one of those is still a prime minister so yeah we're screwed yeah (laughs) wilford laurier i remember what you look like everybody else you're dead to me (laughs) literally and figuratively (laughs) but basically they go in they have a meeting and they're like William Lyle Mackenzie King is like, you should join my cabinet because they're in the Labor Party. And they're just like, no, we're just here for the old age pension. That's all we want. We want the people who built this country to be able to retire and not be poor and destitute. Right. Then they're like, that's a great idea. That's a nice idea. Yeah. And there's an old lady and she's like listening in on the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) 
and she like peers in the window and when they're when they basically agree that it's gonna be at least put before the house she like dramatically covers her mouth with her old fingers. <laughs> that woman is definitely dead by the way that woman was old oh i was gonna say she's like 45 no well, <laughs> i'm kidding I guess in the past, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but William no. Lyle Mackenzie King at the time, 16 years old. Yeah. It's this very, very old lady. But yeah, it's one of those things that it's like when your friend is one year older than you. Yeah. And it's like a 20-year-old with a grandma. Sometimes that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm the grandma. Currently, we are only one year apart in age. Right now, yeah. Right now, the, the, the sweet period where we're only one. Yeah, just one. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically the Heritage Minute. It's not overly dramatic or exciting right and, and nor is particularly the life of j.s woodsworth but you know what we got to talk about him because that's what we do on this so, podcast in the minute yeah is he the reporter guy or is he the guy who's like no no so he's the the main guy with like the white hair okay, okay. who's talking to william lyle mckenzie king also old. who looks like a toad yeah or <laughs> moody yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody around that table is old except for the reporter really yeah <laughs> ladea did you hear the news what news we have been nominated for a canadian podcasting award no way and it's in the Outstanding Adult Podcast category, alongside some other amazing love and sex podcasts. Well, I mean, that makes sense. We are the sexiest history podcast Canada has ever seen or heard. I completely agree. If you are in the podcasting industry, head over to canpodawards.ca slash award to vote for Minute Women. With your help, we can officially become Canada's sexiest history podcast. Wow, wow. <laughs> but yeah, do you want to get into it? I do. Do you want to learn about old age pensions? I sure do. And middle of the road. Like, he's not fun because he's not like a revolutionary. No. But he believes in like left wing politics. So he's really just like a politician. Old age pension, super left wing. <laughs> that's a super left wing policy. It's true. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm just saying it's that's good. like, it's good, but. But yeah. that's something the right would never come up with. You mean you're not contributing to capitalism? <laughs> Dead to me. Yeah, exactly. Why have we not rounded up these people and murdered them yet? <laughs> exactly. Especially at that time. <laughs> James Shaver Woodsworth. That is his full name. Shaver. Spell Shaver. that for me. As you think it is spelled. S-H-A-V-E-R. Weird. So Shaver is apparently a name. And that's what my stepdad, Paul, and you've met Paul. He's a pretty reasonable man. He's a high school principal. Like he, like he's respected. He's a nice in guy. Circles. In circles. In certain circles, he told my mom on like their. I don't even think they were dating because they were working together before they were dating. And he just mentioned that his firstborn son would be named Schaefer. And that's why your mom had a girl, <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> but as a fifteen-year-old, when they were pregnant. And I thought my mom, and we they didn't know the sex. They chose not to find out. I would cry and pray. And I'm not an overly, like, super religious person. But I was like, please, whoever's listening, don't let this baby be a boy. Because I cannot have a little brother named Schaefer. <laughs> to the two Schaefers who listen to our yeah. podcast, we apologize. But I'm sorry. So it was just a thing for me. Yeah. 
as we discussed in our last episode i cried when i found out my brothers were boys yeah (laughs) and it is because when my stepdad was a kid there was this show called the raccoons and on the raccoons as a cartoon there was a dog named schaefer that's not making it better. That's making it so right? much worse. I was like, it's not like a family name. He's like, oh, I just like this cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> about raccoons. <laughs> about little trash about pandas. About trash pandas. <laughs> so anyway, so that's not his middle name. His middle name is Shaver. His like middle a name razor. is Shaver. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's pronounced Shaver, but it's maybe. it's Shaver in Shaver. spelling anyways. And he's the oldest of six children, and he's born near Toronto, Ontario, on an applewood farm to Esther Josephine Shaver and James Woodsworth. So that's where the name comes from. (laughs) Esther Josephine. Esther Josephine Shaver. Lil EJ. (laughs) EJ and J. EJ in the apple field. (laughs) We don't know his dad's middle name. We'll never know. (laughs) After my brief look online. (laughs) His father was a Methodist minister, and his strong faith was a powerful factor in shaping uh, young James' life. Did he write the song Johnny Appleseed? (laughs) <laughs> not to my uh, or the, knowledge. the prayer the the thing i don't know you say it at church camp i've never went to church camp so me I'm... either i just know this is the thing <laughs> how do you know that <laughs> is it the kids would come back from church camp and they'd sing it were you jealous of the kids that got yeah to go to church camp? <laughs> yeah my mom was like no 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 you don't want to go to that you do swing lessons <laughs> <laughs> you'll find the lord your own way <laughs> I'm praying that my sister wouldn't be a boy <laughs> at 15. <laughs> I come to God moment. <laughs> so when James, so James's grandfather's name was Harold Richard Woodsworth, and basically his family is a very old family in Ontario. Um, ah, that old money. Old, well, at least around a long time. I don't okay. know how old well they are. <laughs> okay. His grandfather had opposed William Lyle Mackenzie in the 1837 rebellions, who is not William Lyle Mackenzie King. No. So there's another one. He, no King, drop the King. But isn't William Lyon Mackenzie King? Oh, yes, Lyon. One's Lyle and one's Lyon. I think they're both Lyon. Oh, they're both Lyon? Yeah. That's weird. So it's not William Lyon Mackenzie King, who was the 10th Prime Minister of Canada, this guy was basically, he was like the first mayor of Toronto. Okay. <laughs> the first Doug Ford. <laughs> yeah, basically. He had lost his seat in the 1836 provincial election and became very disillusioned with the government structure of Upper Canada, which caused him to lead the Upper Canada Rebellion in 1837. Yeah. Um, and J.S.'s grandfather was like, no, to all that bullshit. No. So basically the Woodsworth family has been around for a long time, but because they opposed this event, that forced the family to move to Brandon, Manitoba. Oh. This is where in 1882, his father became a superintendent of Methodist missions in Western Canada. Okay. So following in his father's footsteps, Woodsworth was ordained a Methodist minister in 1896 and spent two years as a circuit preacher in Manitoba before going to study at Victoria College in the University of Toronto and at Oxford University in England. Very cool. So they are kind of bougie, I think. Yeah, a little bit. They must be able to afford fancy education. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) While studying at Oxford University in 1899, he became interested in social welfare work. 
During his stay, the Second Boer War broke out, which was fought between the British Empire and two independent Boer states, the South African Republic, or the Republic of Transvaal, and the Free Orange uh, State, which, side note, has the dumbest flag in the world. Okay. Would you like to I would love <laughs> if, to if, see If it. anyone's interested in flags. Where should, is it? Uh, so it would have been in South Africa. It's not a country oh, it anymore. Exist anymore. Um, but this is their flag. <laughs> So it's it's got the Dutch flag in the corner. I was gonna say no, that's not even the Dutch flag because it's red. The Dutch flag is orange. N- no, the Netherlands has a red, white, and blue flag. I think. Hmm. But then they have the orange and white stripes that are not thinner than the stripes of the Dutch flag. And not that is the weirdest looking flag I've ever seen. <laughs> so it's like it's like the American flag in that it has like a like where the stars would be up in the corner, but then yes. it's got stripes and then it just has a bunch more orange stripes it's very weird yeah it's like the american flag in principle in execution way worse like a lot worse but anyways the boer war is fought between these countries um and woodsworth was immersed in discussions about moral values of imperialism so at this point a lot of colonial philosophies are being criticized by people they're like this is bad look how many people are dying In 1902, following his return to Canada, he took a position as minister at Grace Church in Winnipeg. And in 1903... Your church. I own it. He's at your church. I was born in Grace Hospital. Whoa. I know. My name is everywhere. Everywhere. Sometimes my name is the answer to crossword clues. um, And I do a lot of crosswords, which (laughs) you could probably tell by the everything about me. (laughs) (laughs) So I get really excited when my name is an answer. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> just a fun fact. Hi, my name's Grace. I do crosswords. <laughs> and she just really loves her name. And I love my name. <laughs> but also he got married in 1903 when oh, he came back to him. Canada. So he's married to a woman named Lucy Staples. She does not, uh, she's not very significant to this story. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. In his role, he worked with poor immigrants in Winnipeg and preached the social gospel. So the social gospel is a social movement within Protestantism that applied Christian ethics to social problems, especially (laughs) issues of social justice, such as economic inequality, poverty, alcoholism, crime, racial tensions, slums, unclean environments, child labor, lack of unionization, poor schools, and the dangers of war. That literally sounds like you're just taking church and you're taking state and you're throwing it in a little cocktail shaker and you're like, shake it on up. Basically, yeah. And then you're like pouring it into martini glasses and you're like, everybody drink some Kool-Aid. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> doesn't sound good. But it's a good way of thinking about it because basically all of those issues existed and both the state and the church were like, it's not our problem. Okay. So the church for a long time was just sort of expected to take care of all these things. So like child labor force, they're expected to take in poor children. Right. Um, However, the social gospel is trying to say, like, hey, it is actually the government's responsibility yeah. to take care of all these things, not the church. Yeah. But Just they should So we have be, that clear. Yes. But they should be very much motivated by their Christian faith to do so. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's no, like, written law that says you have to do it. But a, a Christian good government would be like, oh, these poor children. Yeah. But I was, I was talking to God earlier today. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Big boy upstairs says you should do this. Oh, God's really upset, actually. Yeah, God's, like, really upset right now. Did you know that God's, like, pissed at you? He's oh, so my pissed. God. 
It was a prominent movement in the early 20th century in the United States and Canada. Theologically, social gospelers, they basically sought out to practice the Lord's Prayer. So if, if you're a good Christian and you know the Lord's Prayer, it's thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sure is. And what that line means to social gospelers is, and a lot of modern Christian faiths, so like mm -hmm. Baptists, for instance, they believe that the second coming cannot happen until we as a society look like Eden. So until we make the world around us look like heaven, that is when the, social, the second coming happens. Oh boy. Right. So they put a lot of human effort into tackling human evils huh. on earth. Okay. And that's basically their whole philosophy. It's great in, in theory. In practice, it means it's a lot of like middle class white people being like, black people are really poor and that's crazy. You know what we should do? Segregate black people away from white people. <laughs> it doesn't always work out not the way that you think funny. it is. That is not funny. It is funny that someone could ever think that that way oh loud yes. no we're not we're not pro segregation not at all so that's what woodsworth is up to <laughs> what a guy it was not long however before woodsworth became restless as a minister he's just itching he's itching he's like what if this isn't for me oh no he had difficulty accepting Methodist dogma and questioned the wisdom of the church's emphasis on individual salvation without considering the social context in which a individual lived. So he's actually kind of saying like, hey, it's not, it's easy for you to be super Christian because right. you're rich and it's easy for you to give back. And it's, it's not the same for immigrants who are like raised in an abusive right. environment, for instance, for them to be this like moralistic paragon basically okay so that sounds that sounds pretty like yeah he's kind of chill hip of him <laughs> how fucking rad <laughs> in a statement of explanation presented to the manitoba methodist church conference in 1907 he cited concerns with matters such as baptism tests for entering the church and fasting as a religious exercise i've never heard of you have to do a test to get into the church that makes sense though i kind of does it i don't know if it more, more like a test or more like a or more like a record check yeah but that's the opposite of what church is supposed to do yeah <laughs> you're just like we take everyone and make you better versus like you're no one can help you i'm so sorry <laughs> welcome to the church <laughs> he tendered his resignation to the Methodist church, but it was refused. He's like, I would like to resign. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he was offered the opportunity to assume the superintendency of all people's mission in Winnipeg's North End. For six years, he worked with... So he accepted? He was like, I guess not. I guess yeah, not he was like, I, I guess they offered him a different job. So maybe he was like, okay. All right. I, I resigned from this position. Here's this position. Okay. Yeah. So for six years, he worked with the poor and immigrant families in this area. And during this time, he wrote and campaigned for compulsory education, juvenile courts, the construction of playgrounds, and other <laughs> initiatives in support of social welfare. He's like, uh, social welfare and seesaws. <laughs> you know what would really fix this community? A jungle gym. <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard of monkey bars? uh they're wicked they're wicked Crazy. i just imagine like 
he's just like just like using the playground as as a metaphor for like overcoming your obstacles exactly. and stuff in life it's like the demons they're <laughs> underneath the monkey bars you've got to be able to swing yeah. across them like the you floor is lava overcome. yeah <laughs> and they're just like i i think this guy just really likes playgrounds like i don't know what the wisdom i don't get the jesus part of it he's though, on you know? those little he's on those little spring-loaded whales <laughs> just like in his robe hail mary mother of god pray <laughs> for us sinners <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the church I want to go yeah, to. Same. As a mission worker, Woodsworth had the opportunity to see firsthand the appalling circumstances in which many of his fellow citizens lived and began writing the first of several books calling out the failure to provide workers with a living wage and arguing for the need to create a more egalitarian and compassionate state. In 1909, Strangers Within Our Gate was published, followed in 1911 with My Neighbor, in Strangers Within Our Gates, Woodsworth elaborated on concerns related to immigration and expressed sympathy for the difficulties new immigrants had when they arrived in Canada. Now, where are most of these immigrants from? Uh, so he's like, are writing... these European immigrants? Yeah, I'm trying to think, because he is in Winnipeg, so I would assume the vast majority of them are Eastern European, Eastern European. or British. But yeah, definitely not... Uh, the next sentence is how he's a huge racist. Oh, okay. I was just, I was waiting for that. <laughs> they all are. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Everybody's a huge racist. Ugh. But this book also offered eugenic interpretations of human abilities and worth based on race. The organization of the book reflects his perception of the hierarchies. So the early chapters focus on Great Britain, the United States, Scandinavia, Germans and then the later chapters focused on and I'm gonna use a word that is not kosher okay. but it's just a warning to people Italians that's the word I was talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's not the word Le Levantin races Levantine races I don't even know what that means orientals Ugh. and then ending the chapter the book with a chapter entitled the negro and the indian oh no Ooh, just the double whammy <laughs> they like, don't even each get uh, their own chapter it's like <laughs> no uh, so a cool guy and then very dramatically not a cool guy not a cool guy yeah. <laughs> not a cool guy <laughs> so woodsworth left his superintendency at all peoples in 1913 to accept an appointment as secretary of the canadian welfare league during this time, he traveled extensively throughout the three Canadian prairie provinces, investigating social conditions, and writing and presenting lectures on his findings. By 1914, he had become a socialist and an admirer of the British Labour Party. Okay. So we got, it's it's the rise of communism during this period of time. Woodsworth right. will never become a communist, but that is the major social trend that is taking place okay. in the world right now. In 1916, during World War I, he was asked to support the National Services Registration, better known as conscription. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as church ministers... National Services Registration, is that... <laughs> yeah, that's what it was called. Well, that's fun. <laughs> it's like, oh, that sounds fine. It's like, do you want to die in a hole in Europe? <laughs> it's like, is that my service? Because now you have to. Because, <laughs> sorry, you don't get a choice. <laughs> oh, dear. 
as church ministers were being asked to preach about the duty of men to serve in the military, Woodsworth decided to publish his objections. Okay. So he is opposed to conscription. He as, just doesn't want to go. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to go, but also he's a pacifist. Oh. Uh, and he was morally opposed to the church especially being used as a vehicle of recruitment and was then fired from his position with the Bureau of Social Research but he wanted where he was to working leave. at the time. <laughs> like, he already wanted to go, and they wouldn't let him go. So now he's got a new job. Okay. And they fired him from that, okay. which had nothing to do with the church. But he was still technically okay. a minister, I guess. Right. His church affiliation. Basically, at this point, he's feeling pretty fed up with the prairies. <laughs> and in 1917, he received his final pastoral posting to Gibson's Landing in British Columbia. Okay. Woodsworth resigned from the church in 1918 because of its support of the war. Uh, he is quoted as saying, I thought that as a Christian minister, I was a messenger of the Prince of Peace. That's uh, fair. Which is, you know, his resignation was accepted this time. All right. <laughs> it's like, okay, we get it. You can go. <laughs> Just go. Woodsworth and his family remained in British Columbia, where despite his slight stature, he took work as a stevedore, stevedore, which is a dock worker. Yeah. Uh, so tiny man so working he's... on the docks. He's got this <laughs> <Okay>. toque. <laughs> One time I went to school at St. Mary's during my master's. One time. I was at I went once. I went to school. <laughs> um, I went, and I didn't leave until I graduated, so that's why I was there only once. <laughs> One time I went to school and I was, I had on a, I had on like a black turtleneck, a black toque, a plaid coat, like a, like kind of like a men's coat, I guess. <laughs> and then like baggy jeans. And my Just friend, being such a millennial little hipster. Being such a millennial. And my Just friend so Mark was cool. like, it looks like you work on the docks. <laughs> I was like, thanks Mark. Mark, have you been to the docks? <laughs> have you been down there they smell like fish yeah do i smell like fish I don't, don't answer that like <laughs> don't answer that <laughs> i don't i don't think i just i, I made linnea sit on the far side of the table today yeah i told her it was for mic reasons but um it's because i smell like fish <laughs> it's because one of us smells like fish <laughs> oh. also while he's in british columbia he is writing for a labor newspaper okay doing all kinds of fun stuff Get he sounds like a great guy out. to hang out with he sounds very boring yeah he's up there with most boring people to hang out with i think and most racist uh, up there yeah <laughs> yeah in canada <laughs> and that's an accomplishment <laughs> yeah in 1919 he set out on a tour of western canada arriving in winnipeg just as the winnipeg general strike was happening i don't know who sent him on this tour okay i don't know if it was a personal decision he's like bye family i'm going on a tour of the western provinces Later, or Gator. if like his newspaper was like it'd be great if you went out so his wife's not with him no See, did he pop so. out some babies or did she pop out some babies they do have children and one of his daughters is fairly significant to canadian politics oh. uh, as we will talk about but um okay. they are not a big part of his story right. or life that's unfortunately <laughs> First, keep him away from race's daddy yeah. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> so do you know anything about the winnipeg general strike no it's a pretty important moment in canadian history i will say i am really bad for knowing quite a bit of general knowledge about atlantic canadian uh history but i am very like what i know about canadian history out west literally comes from heritage minutes and that i did a (laughs) unit on louis riel by choice and like grade nine history like we had to pick (laughs) someone from somewhere else and that's like it that's all i got 
So so tell me about it. Well, today we're going to learn. I'm excited. So for six weeks, yeah. from May 15th to June 26th, more than 30,000 strikers Did brought... Did June 26th? That's my birthday. That's your birthday. And they, they ended it on your birthday. They were like... They were like, this is a holy know, day. <laughs> a couple, like 80 years from now, this girl's going to get born and she's not going to want us to be striking. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Linnea broke the strike. All right. <laughs> More than 30,000 strikers brought economic activity to a standstill in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which at the time was Canada's third largest city. In the short term, the strike ended in arrests, bloodshed, and defeat, but in the long run, it contributed to the development of a stronger labor movement and the tradition of social democratic politics in Canada. Woodsworth, he ultimately went there and began presenting addresses at the strike meetings. So he's there, he's like in the throes of it. And he's like, oh, cool. I didn't know this was going to happen today, but I'm glad I'm here. This little <laughs> tiny man. Good thing I have all these speeches. <laughs> Whips out, like, a bunch of paper. Like, <laughs> he's just like, I'm ready. If I need to, you know, like, punch a guy out, good thing I got all this paper with me. Because <laughs> he's like, my stature ain't going to do it. It's not going to do it. I'm just weapons. a little man. <laughs> Working on the docks has not helped building no. any muscle. <laughs> The Royal Canadian Mounted Police and Winnipeg Special Constables charged into a crowd of strikers demonstrating in the center of Winnipeg, killing two people and injuring three on what is now known as Black Saturday, which was June 21st, 1919. Woodsworth led the campaign of protest against this action. So he wasn't there. But then later in the day, he was like, we will not stand for this. That wasn't cool. That was not chill, guys. (laughs) The editor of the strike bulletin, Western Labor News, was arrested and charged with seditious libel. Woodsworth took over the duties, and after just a week, he too was arrested and charged with the same thing. Oh, buddy. Oddly, his seditious libel took the form of quoting from the Bible. So so he uses a Bible quote in an article. He used the quote, Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees. And then they arrested him for that, which is extra funny because it's the whole Bible quote is saying, like, yeah. fuck people who are doing, who, who are, are like gonna, arresting, like, oppress. Yeah. yeah, who are like <laughs> calling out people unrighteously. Yeah. And then he gets arrested for calling them out. Silly people. But, anyways, he was released on bail after five days imprisonment and the charges were never filed. Which I don't, it must be something to do with the fact that he was arrested because of the Bible quote, because other strike leaders would serve years imprisonment for similar activities. Um, so it, it doesn't really explain why. Maybe he is just well connected enough. And they Maybe. like, he's, I guess he's known in Winnipeg to some extent. They're like, no, we can't keep this guy in prison. Yeah. That'd be bad. His involvement with the strike further established Woodworth's credentials with the labor movement and propelled him to a 20-year tenure in the House of Commons as Winnipeg MP. He also affirmed his belief in the importance of social activism. Good for him. It's good to get out there. (laughs) Go knock on some doors. Bang some heads together. Make some friends. Yeah. Start a political career. Friends are cool. Friends are good. Yeah. Woodsworth briefly returned to British Columbia in 1920 to run as a Federated Labour Party candidate uh, in Vancouver in the provincial election. He received 7,444 votes, but was not elected. 
Oh. <laughs> a very specific number. <laughs> 7,444? Yeah. And then he returned to Winnipeg. He's okay. like, these people just don't like me. And he went back to Winnipeg. He's like, I have no friends here. <laughs> I just wanted to make friends. He became involved in organizing the Manitoba Independent <laughs> Labor Party. I really thought you were going to be like, he became involved in organized sports. And I was like, oh, the room. <laughs> and when That's you said, how you make friends. When you said that, I thought you were going to say that. I thought that you said <laughs> that... He, organized he crime. Said that he was involved in organized crime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he joined the mob. Yeah. Manitoba he, mob. He's part of the Maple Syrup Mafia. <laughs> yeah. The biggest tie-in that we've <laughs> ever done. Uh, but no, no, he just became no. part of organized. Uh, the organizing. Oh. The Manitoba Independent Labor Party. Not as exciting, but continue. Yeah. Ilp for short. Ilp. Ilp. <laughs> A replacement for the locally based moderate Dominion Labor Party. Okay. The ILP had a platform modeled on the British Labor Party and the slogan, human needs before property rights, does not have a ring to it. It doesn't really have a ring. It doesn't really seem like, like, I've never lived in a world where we're really fighting over, like, one or the other. Um. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think it just doesn't sound like a slogan. No. It's just words. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't like hurrah. Like how do you how do you chant to that? Human, Human needs before property, property rights. Right. Human needs before property. property yeah. Rights. Ooh. In December 1921, Woodsworth was elected to the House of Commons in the riding of Winnipeg Center under the banner of the Independent Labor Party. This district was abolished before the next election, being rolled into the new Winnipeg North Center. He's served in the House of Commons for the next 20 years until his death. Okay. So he's elected in 1921 to the House of Commons and he will remain in the House until he dies. Good for him. The first bill he proposed concerned unemployment insurance. Even though he was informed by the clerk of the House of Commons that the bills involving federal spending had to be presented by the government, he nonetheless continued to press his case for better labor legislation. Okay. So he's already kind of bad at his job. They're like, you're not allowed to propose a bill like that. He's, and like, he's like, but what if I do anyway? He's like, I just, I don't understand what you're saying, so I'm just going to do it. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. It took me a long time to do. Do you mind? I know. Listen, it's like when you try, <laughs> when you like pass in a paper late and it's already, they won't count it for points. Yeah. He's like, I, I totally understand, but um, I worked really hard on it and it would be great if you just like <laughs> looked at it. <laughs> They're like, no, I'm sorry, it's too late. I can't. Like, but like, I formatted it. I can't count it for points though. But I added. You don't just you don't have to look at the bibliography. Just look at the page. Just can you just take a look at it? Okay, I I mean I can mark it. It's not gonna count for points though. Can you just look at? It? <laughs> I, I, okay, yeah. Just fine. look at it. Just look at it. <laughs> so they looked at it. I mean, he just keeps shouting about it. <laughs> okay. So I guess they're like talking about it, but he's not. It's not a bill. Right. He's not allowed to present that bill. Right. He also pursued constitutional reform, but was unsuccessful in an attempt to have single transferable vote systems adopted for federal elections. Okay. So single transferable vote systems, I have a whole spiel written about it. It's basically like a ranked b ballot, like when you can say one, two, three, four, oh, yeah, instead yeah. of like, like how yes our, to this person and no one else. How are provincial, federal, municipal, how are municipal elections are? Maybe you're municipal, not mine. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I like that kind of yeah. ballot because it allows you to, like, 
it takes away the argument of I'm going to vote for the Liberal Party because yeah. I know the NDP won't win and I don't want to waste That's my vote. That's definitely how our town elections are in the town of Oh, okay. That's for nice. town councillors. That's nice. So you just, like, rank them. And then, like, five get selected. But there's usually, like, 12. Right. And so then it's, like, whoever had the most votes or Points overall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what he is, is recommending. Cool. Um, but evidently it does not go through because we still have first past the post. Yep. <laughs> In 1936, the government set up a committee to discuss constitutional reforms, but the first past the post electoral system was not replaced. Uh, and Woodsworth was an unflagging advocate for the worker, the farmer, and the immigrant during all of these conversations. But not black people. But not black people. No. Or indigenous people. No, He's like, them. the worker. It's like, but what about black men uh, working? Sh- oh, sh- sh- why would you talk, say that in front of talk. me? God. Did you not read my book? Were you at the general strike? I didn't think so. I know Did you not read the chapter on the Negroes and the, the Indians? Indians? God, it's Idiot. so bad. <laughs> so back in 1929, Woodsworth was a keynote speaker at the annual conference of the Student Christian Movement of Canada. Of course he was. I'm sure it was a great time. Thrilling. Uh, a fledgling social justice movement founded in 1921. And at this meeting, he went on to, uh, in the audience, was Stanley Knowles, who was then 21. And he is one of the founders of the New Democratic Party. So the oh. NDP party. Cool. I guess the NDP. NDP party is a bit redundant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm just realizing now that I say it that way all the time. The NDP party? I say the NDP party, but yeah. they're just the NDP. The New Democratic Party. New Democratic? Yeah. No. Yes. New Democratic Party party. <laughs> It's a party about the New Democratic Party. I mean, have you, like, seen Jigmeet Singh on Twitter? I mean, man loves to party. He's a fun (laughs) man. So basically, it's just like he inspired this guy who then went on to found the NDP. Cool. Rejecting violent revolution and any association with the new Communist Party of Canada, Woodsworth became a master of parliamentary procedure and used the House of Commons as a public platform. He at first sat beside the Progressive Party of Canada... He was a leader of the radical farmer and labor uh, group, which was called the Ginger Group. Why? I don't know. I don't know what it means, though. I don't know why. Spelt like G-I-N-G-E-R? Yeah, like Ginger the Spice or the Spice Girl. Yeah. This group's activities led to the 1932 founding of the first countrywide Democratic Socialist Party, the CCF. When the Canadian Liberal Party only had a minority in government following the 1925 election, Woodsworth bargained his vote in the House for a promise from the Liberal government to enact old age pension plans. This is the heritage minute. Okay. (laughs) So basically, they're like, if you do the old age pension, we'll always vote with your government. Okay. That's how government works sometimes. Tit for tat, you know? (laughs) Introduced in 1927, the plan is the cornerstone of Canada's social security system. The first old age pension was jointly financed by the federal and provincial governments, but administered by the provinces, as pensions were considered a provincial constitutional responsibility at the time. Hmm. The plan paid up to $20 per month, depending on other income and assets, and was available to British subjects 70 years of age or older, with 20 years of residence in Canada. A strict means test was applied and was widely regarded as humiliating. Oh. So I think they come in and, like, invade your life to figure out if you are, like, 
old and sickly enough Ooh. and they're like that's really humiliating it must yeah. be like physical tests and stuff yeah five jumping jacks <laughs> and then they're just like <laughs> god you're old god i hope i die at the age of 60 anyways <laughs> In 1932, Woodsworth toured Europe as a member of the League of Nations Assembly in Geneva. So he got to do the, you know, League of Nations stuff. That's cool. That's fun. After most of the world went into the Great Depression, Woodsworth and the ILP uh, joined the various provincial farmers, laborers, and socialist groups in 1932 to found a new socialist party, the Cooperative Commonwealth Federation, so the CCF. Oh, that's cool. Woodsworth was its first leader, and Woodsworth said, I am convinced that we may develop in Canada a distinctive type of socialism. I refuse to follow slavishly to the British model or the American model or the Russian model. We in Canada will solve our problems along with along our lines. Yeah. I uh, respect it. Yeah. <laughs> In 1933, the CCF became the official opposition in British Columbia. In 1934, the party achieved the same result in Saskatchewan. One of its founding groups, the UFA, was government in Alberta. So they're gaining popularity pretty quickly. Cool. In, 1930, in the 1935 election, seven CCF members of parliament were elected to the House of Commons. None of the UAF MPs were re-elected. The CCF received 8.9% of the popular vote. The CCF, however, was never able to seriously challenge Canada's party system, which was then dominated by the Liberals and the Conservatives. In Shocker. <laughs> it's almost like things haven't changed. At all. <laughs> In particular, the enormous prestige of the longtime Liberal Prime Minister, William Lyon Mackenzie King, prevented the CCF from displacing the Liberals as the main party of the left. Not to be confused with the other guy that we briefly talked about. Yeah. This time we're adding the king. Yeah. Yeah, we're putting the king back in. As had happened with the socialist parties in Britain, Australia, and New Zealand. So basically there's already a party that says that it stands for the left. And so it's really hard for another leftist party to come in and take their place. Right. In 1939, many CCF members opposed Woodworth's opposition to Canada's entry into World War II. During the debate on the declaration of war, Mackenzie King said, quote, There are few men in this parliament for whom I have greater respect than the leader of the Cooperative Commonwealth Federation. I admire him in my heart because time and time again, he has had the courage to say what lies on his conscience, regardless of what the world might think of him. A man of that caliber is an ornament to any parliament. What he's referring to is the fact that Woodsworth was almost the only person who opposed Canada's entry to World War II. Like, when they did the vote, yeah. he was the only person who voted against it. He's like, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Everybody else was like, let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> he was reelected to the House in uh, on the 26th of March, 1940, but suffered a stroke in the fall. And over the next 18 months, his health deteriorated. And he died in Vancouver, British Columbia in early 1942. And his Aww. ashes were scattered in the Strait of Georgia. Um, Woodsworth's daughter. Where is the Strait of Georgia? I do not know. But in I, Canada? I think it's just in British Columbia. Okay. Yeah. So Woodsworth's daughter is probably the, his most famous family member. Okay. Uh, her name is Grace McGinnis. And she, Grace! Another that's Grace. That's you! That's me. What'd she do? She followed in his footsteps and also became a CCF politician. Oh, cool. So she was a member of the Labor Party, too. Very cool. 
Woodsworth strongly influenced Canadian social policy, and many of the social concepts he pioneered are represented in contemporary programs such as social assistance, pensions, and Medicare, which are deemed to be fundamentally important in Canadian society today. While the party for which he was the central founder, today called the New Democratic Party, has largely abandoned Woodsworth's vision of a socialist Canada, Woodsworth's memory is still held in great respect within the party as well as across Canada. He has a lot of things named after him. Okay. So Woodsworth College of the University of Toronto and the J.S. Woodsworth Secondary School in Ottawa, Ontario are named after him. There is also a housing cooperative in downtown Toronto named for him. There is also the J.S. Woodsworth Senior Public School in Scarborough, uh, Toronto. All for those old agers. <laughs> I'm reading it now, and that's what I thought it was, but I think it must just be like a senior a high. high. School. <laughs> but I want it to be old people. Me too. <laughs> Me too. In Winnipeg, a chrome-colored 16-story Manitoba Provincial Office building was built in wait, 1973. Chrome-colored? Chrome-colored. So not chrome. It's, it's chrome, chrome colored, colored, but it's chrome colored. <laughs> it's wood. What I don't think you're it's understanding is wood. it's chrome colored. Painted silver, painted gray. It's just gray wood. It's, just it's gr- bricks. It's concrete. It's actually, just, it's just it's, it's just, just a concrete. Actually concrete. concrete. <laughs> but let's just say it's chrome colored. It's chrome colored for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, it was built in 1973, and it is named after him. The Ontario Woodsworth Memorial Foundation merged with the Douglas Caldwell Foundation in 1987, but I couldn't find out what they do. What did Doug do? I assume it's Tommy Douglas. Oh. But I don't know who Caldwell is. Coldwell. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But you don't know what they do. <laughs> nope. Okay. Cool. Someone in, please tell us. This this is my favorite. So in 2004, do you remember the 100 Great Canadians, like the Greatest Canadian sure Challenge? Do. So they, they listed like 100 people. And then, like, I, I don't remember who number one was. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. <laughs> I'm kidding. But. <laughs> That's a joke. Number 100 was J.S. Woodsworth. It's like, you just made the cut. <laughs> your, your party, like, you know, they really rallied to get you in there as you number one. You just made the and cut. And he was probably top ten, and then they pulled out that book, and then he really I was going to say, it's because of that chrome-colored building. <laughs> and it's because of that chrome-colored building. <laughs> in October of 2010, the town of Gibson... British Columbia announced it would be naming a street in its new subdivision after Woodsworth because Woodsworth lived in Gibson for a short period of time beginning in 1917. Cool. And that is the story of J.S. Woodsworth. (laughs) I love it. The man who has many things named after him. (laughs) So many things. More (laughs) things named after him than important things he did. I think potentially. <laughs> I mean, he definitely was inspired a bunch of stuff, and then he was a they didn't happen. Yeah, like he got the old age pension, I guess. Yeah. but he wasn't there for like Medicare and stuff. No, he died too soon. Nah, taken from us too soon. <laughs> I don't think so. When was he born? He was born in. I hope they um, buried him with every copy of that awful book. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't include his date of birth. I missed it. When's his date of birth? Well, I don't know. I didn't write it in. Great. I know I'm failing. J. S. Woodsworth. I'm not typing. That's just how I read. He was born in 1874. So he lived uh, until he was. He lived until 1942. So that means he was alive. This is for, not a math podcast. Wait, I'm really trying so just though. Just give us a sec. What's the 68 math years? Said? I think maybe because it's 26 plus 42. That's 68. 
but okay. Because 74 minus 100 is 26. It's this newfangled math. Just leave it. Just don't touch it. I won't touch it. Okay. He was a 68-year-old man. He did have a some pretty killer facial hair. I feel like they kind of did him dirty in the, the Heritage Minute. Can I minute. see his face? Because, like, yeah, like, Ooh. he's very trim and proper. Like, it's, it's very precise. Very pointed. Yes. Facial features in general. Very sharp. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's quite a, not, I wouldn't say frail, but he's very well, thin. He's thin. Um, Tiny man. Tiny yeah. little man. <laughs> tiny little man and the guy that they got to play him not to say he's like ugly or anything he just doesn't look like j.s Woodsworth in the slightest he didn't look tiny like he said that he said that it was a good thing that he got like work at the docks or whatever because he was like tiny. oh i just said that oh, you that said was that. just my, oh my gosh that's scary to think that our words and jokes could become someone's reality oh whoa don't let that happen kids. don't let that happen to you <laughs> Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. Don't listen to us. This is, you know, just this for fun. Just, just for jokes. Uh, Anyways, his middle name was Shaver. That's true. That's true. You can take that to the grave. <laughs> or the bank. Or the bank. That's what the saying is. <laughs> that is it. When you take something to the grave, you're not telling it's people about secret. it. It's a secret. Yeah. You can tell people. You can tell people about this. Actually, tell everybody. Tell all your friends. Where where could they tell people to go, Linnea, to find us? They can tell people. What a segue. What a segue. Not like those stupid segues that are driving around Halifax right now that I want to like hit with my car. That's but what I we'll, won't. That, we can talk about that in our next I Have You Got a it. Minute episode. Because, oh boy, boy, I need more than a minute to complain about that. <laughs> but you can find this lovely podcast on our social media channels. So you can check us out on Twitter at The Minute Women. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Minute Women Podcast. You can also, on our Instagram, find our uh, Tea Public account. Yeah. Uh, and then you can go order really cool merch from us. There's oh, so much if- cool merch. There's stickers and mugs and sweatshirts and really everything. Um, we don't really, I mean, they just kind of have everything. It's not like we yeah. have to pick like five items to put our face on. Our, nope. our face can be on everything. So We can put our face on anything. Yeah, just think <laughs> about that for a sec. Anything. Moving on. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you want to listen to a podcast. And make sure you download the episodes and tell all your friends. Word of mouth is the best review. So you can also leave us a review if you want to. Please but, you do. know, just, just listen to the podcast. Yeah. It means a lot to us. It does. We love you guys so We much. love you so much. We're so happy to be I back. love you, Grace. I love you, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. Well, have a good day. Bye. 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 Thank you.